Welcome back to Schizotopia. As always, I'm your host, Maxwell Cody. And joining us presently from her maximum security cell in Cancel Prison, Cyber Thelemite, Witch Talk MVP, Cottagecore Enthusiast, and possible Full Metal Alchemist character, Georgina Rose. Georgina, how are you? Hello, I'm doing quite well. I think that's probably the best intro anyone has ever done for me. I am uh, the, the, the most problematic Witch Talk Thelemite at this point, and I'm excited to be here tonight. Well, the politeness stops there. So the first question I want to ask you is, when did you become a national socialist? And why do you refuse to apologize for it? Well, I am not a national socialist. Twitter is currently saying that I am a neo-reactionary, accelerationist, MAGA boomer, Nazi, libertarian, centrist. It seems like they've got like every political definition they don't like and they're just throwing it at me. Tragically, it's not true. I'm just someone who is a, a normal person on the internet. And currently I am a little irritated with the whole cancel situation, to be completely honest. I'll just put it with like that. I kid, of course. Um, who would think, who, who would have ever thought that a bunch of witches would get together to uh, cancel somebody on dubious claims? Just seems a little ironic to me. Oh, it's hysterical. Um, my entire sort of time in the sort of witch talk sphere that I've been in is that it is very cancel heavy. And I will admit some guilt when I was super new or newer, I was like, oh, maybe this is like creating a better community or something. I don't know. I kind of used to think that like maybe they were right and this was about accountability and a better community. And I kind of believed that for a while. And as time went on and I've seen it change, my like mind completely changed. And it's like, it's just, it, it's, witch talk is a very weird space because it's a bunch of like witches, but they've created this like huge dogmatic system of witchcraft. Like there was a whole debate a couple months ago about whether it's okay to blow candles out or not. And I remember I'm like, do you guys think there's like a witchcraft Vatican? Is that where we've reached? That's the internet as a point. It's, it's gone. It's just, it's a wild space. Well, before we get too ahead of ourselves, what happened, right? For people who don't, who maybe have, don't know exactly what your controversy is. It's been filling up my feed. I've been seeing it nonstop on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but for people who don't know what happened. Yeah. So basically I have been mega canceled. And the story is I, a couple weeks ago made a joke. This was probably two or three weeks ago. Now I made a joke about Nick Land. So I tweeted Nick Land is the reincarnation of Aleister Crowley, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, I figured people would know who Nick Land was and think it's sarcasm, but uh, 
that didn't happen. So basically people saw this joke and like took it as me like admitting I like love like 2022 Nick land. Right. And I ended up just deleting the tweet because I was like, I really don't want to deal with this, but not worth that. No. And then then it got so out of hand and people said all these things. And the interesting thing is a lot of these people, I don't really think fully know who Nick Land is or the context of what they're really talking about. Right. Um, but then it goes on. Anyways, that happens. And then someone unearths a photo of me with this person, Lilith Scorpius, who runs a commentary podcast of Culture Wars. Um, mm. And we were at a like Yule party type thing in a tattoo shop run by a guy who's in the wolves of Vinland, allegedly. I don't really know the guy. I was just there for the event. Um, and I just took the picture because I was like, oh, this is a person on the internet I'm friends with. And we posted the picture. Right. Um, so I actually didn't know about any of that. And so that was all very surprising to me when all that started getting thrown around. And I was like, what's happening? I was just like, at this point, they'll start calling me a Nazi, basically, because they're like, right. oh, you took a photo in a building run by a guy who's like yeah. dissident, right? And I'm like, I wasn't talking about that with him. But anyways, um, then people start finding these like discord screenshots from 2019 and some of them are like real and some of them are incredibly cringy. Um, basically they found screenshots of me like gossiping about people and making like edgy, like 4chan tier meme jokes basically. Um, and then some of them were actually faked and photoshopped. Mm -hmm. Um, so some people use this like deleted user thing. They like made a deleted user screenshot of some of me saying the N word. I didn't do that. That wasn't me. It literally says deleted user. It's not me. Actually, I tweeted a video of how to fake Discord screenshots. If people are curious, it can be done. Um, so basically that all went down. And at this point, you know, everyone saw it. I got disavowed by everyone. I got called a Nazi. People wrote hit pieces on me. Um, I, I lost my book deal, which I'm not giving up on. I'm going to shop my books to new books to other publishers. And if not, I'm going to self-publish. No one can stop me. Um, but yeah, that's basically the controversy. That's what happened. And I have been very mega canceled by like everyone in the witch talk occult space, uh, even some outside the witch talk space that has kind of gotten to and they've started doing commentary. But to be blunt, I'm not a Nazi. Um, this is literally like a witch hunt. Like, do will I admit that I like was kind of an asshole in 2019 and said some kind of cringy stuff? Yeah. And I, I will apologize for that. Like, yeah, I, I, that was stupid but I'm not going to apologize for shit. I, I, I didn't do like, I don't know. How what dare you be expect. cringe on the internet? How dare you? I know. I know. And you know, and I was, and I was, I was young. I know that's not really an excuse, but I was like, I mean, sure it is. Like, who, I, was like like, a senior in, I was a senior in high school in those screenshots. So like, I was like a kid. This, um, is, this is like classic. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone as if any of these people who are giving you shit right now, if we were able to look through the, the logs of everything they've done on the internet, everything they've done on social media, would they be super proud of all of it? Would some of it be contextual, you know, a private conversation where maybe you're talking shit. And, you know, and the other thing is the fact that these people are having to fake things. Uh, yeah. Tells you no, some of have, that stuff is right. fake. You, don't need, even you shouldn't the, have to write. Yeah, well, there was a, nerd, a magazine, a pagan magazine that ran coverage of it. And they said, we actually cannot verify any of these screenshots being real or not. And I'm like, yeah, maybe don't run with them. as And, maybe, and the account, right. that, and and the account that even not. shared them actually made a tweet. They said, I can't verify if this is real or not, but I'm assuming it is. Which that so, is, see, and that stuff, this is one of the downsides because, you know, this is one of the downsides of you know, the, the, new, the new era of journalism that we're in, where yeah. libel and slander are not taken as seriously as they used to be. And I can tell you as somebody who does a lot of Photoshopping that there is nothing you can't fake. 
any yeah. like text, anything you can screenshot, whether it's it's Discord or tweets or, or anything like that, a, a news site, it's very, very, very easy to fake, right? Yeah. And even when I like fake stuff like that for memes, I try to fuck it up a little bit so it's clear that it's a joke, but I don't have to do that, right? I could make yeah. it look um, real. as close to real as possible, right? So... Right. The fact that they have to fabricate evidence is probably the best evidence that there is no real evidence. Right. Otherwise, why would they be doing it? I can't I can't help but think in your case, what's occurred to me is, as I've just been watching you get dragged um, the last couple of days, is that it kind of just seems like there's probably a lot of people who didn't like you for other reasons and they were waiting for something to dogpile on. Oh, there's a lot of that going on. And I'll be real, like in my career on the internet, or if you want to call it that, like I have made mistakes. I'm not going to say that I haven't, you know, I've done things that I would not do again. You know, I have regrets. I'll say that like, I'm not perfect. Right. But there are some of the, the most notorious people who've been coming after me. have been coming after me for a very long time. Some of them have personal vendettas against me. Um, and so it's a combination of a lot of things. I think some of the people dogpiling on me, like genuinely think it's all true and are concerned and all these things, but I don't know. There's there's a lot going on with it that I think that's almost worse. It's not coming from the best place, if that makes sense, because that, this is my thing. You can guys can critique me for the stuff that is verifiably true. Like I did take the photo. I did make the Nick Land tweet. Um, but I think it's very bizarre to completely drag me over stuff that even the sources who share them cannot verify are even true. But that's exactly. And the thing is, like, in a way, that second category of people, the people who clearly didn't look into this very deeply, they just immediately um jumped in those are those people are almost worse than people who are just being vindictive because in this day and age it's not really that hard it's not really that hard to vet this type of stuff and to and to see what's going on if you're willing to put in what an hour tops you know to see what's actually going on and what was actually said so i just think i just think it's an example of just how nasty people can get and i also think it's funny you're getting digitally can't you know i've often referred to getting canceled as a type of um decaffeinated human sacrifice you know you 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 destroy somebody's digital uh, personality um and you don't have to feel too bad about it you didn't murder them but you just you know seriously fucked up their life over nothing and i think it's interesting you're getting canceled for a joke something was obviously a joke and you know it was right after um this is all happening right after chris rock got slapped by will smith and millions of people jumped to defend that um, and say, oh, he he had no right to make that joke, even though that joke wasn't even meant to be mean. Yeah, that's but there's a, that's, that's that's just where we're at. People think that they have been making this argument for a while now that words are uh, equivalent to physical violence, which that's just not true. Um, it, it's just it's not like can words emotionally hurt? Yeah, can they mess people up reputation wise and stuff like that yeah but they're not the same as physically assaulting someone and i have gotten threats during all this i'm not trying to like play the victim but you know people see this stuff and they take it very very far um i don't think it's playing victim when you're actually a victim when you're actually being you you, you've lost a book deal over this yeah over what oh and, and this is the thing that i think is especially hypocritical it's like anybody who's into the occult or thelema or stuff like that Shouldn't they be used to being a little transgressive, a little edgy, a little outside of the norm? Um, isn't that kind of what th- that whole movement is about? And now, but now what? What happened? Why, why are the witches doing the witch hunting? Well, that's, I think, a huge question. I think the modern occult space has become very orthodoxic. Um, I think that we've created this very, 
I, I think a lot of people who have left, say, Christianity have just wanted to create this new orthodoxy that suits their needs. And anyone who does not perfectly align with it at all times is like a heretic and needs to be banished with. We've created this very rigid idea of what occultism is. And I genuinely believe um, a lot of the people who are witches now would have been the people witch hunting like 200 years ago. Um, I think a lot of people, they are just conforming to a non-conformity rather than actually transgressing in any meaningful way. And I think that raises a question of, is the modern occult scene really transgressive? Which I don't really think it necessarily is at this point. Um, but that's that's a whole 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 topic, I guess. Well, I want to talk a little bit about what accelerationism is, because yeah. the thing that was bothering me especially um, is seeing people post screenshots of like just the wiki description of Nick Land, um, because he is called the father of accelerationism, though I disagree. I think Karl Marx is the father of accelerationism. I think if you want, if you want to engage with the original accelerationist philosophy, Marxism, especially Marx, uh, Marxist-Leninism, that is the original accelerationist philosophy, okay? So it comes from the left, as far as I'm concerned, and it makes its way to uh, Nick Land through Deleuze. And th this type of this type of thinking, this type of, there, there's no way out we should go through, and anything else is reactionary. And Nick Land in the 90s, you know, he's like this weird cyberpunk dude. And obviously, I don't think he ever was a big fan of liberalism or anything like that. Um, but he wasn't the kind of shit poster he is today. We'll put it that way. And yeah. there was also a bunch of other people who were intellectually related to uh, accelerationism and, and to this kind of uh, post-humanism type of thinking uh, that obviously, you know, were also people who were either coming from the left or were post-left or something like that. And just talking about Nick Land or accelerationism is not in and of itself an endorsement of everything that he's ever had to say. And the fact that we even have to say that pisses me off, right? And once again, these people clearly aren't looking at this very deeply. I mean, aside from the fact that you were just telling a joke in the first place, but I actually sent you this kind of funny, weird little manifesto that I found, Alt Woke Companion. <laughs> Um, the name alone, when you sent me that, I saw the name and I was like, oh, this is going to be a ride. And it was it was actually really interesting because um, accelerationism as a concept is something that I've really never really talked about that much. I it, this is, it wasn't this, by the way, I don't think this was the first time I ever mentioned Nick Land at all, because um, he does overlap with esotericism in a lot of ways. And I I find that if you actually look through social media, people who tend to discuss Nick Land's ideas the most do tend to be Marxist, um, but it seems like people, this is the thing that I noticed immediately, is people are boiling Nick Land down to the NRX stuff. Right. Uh, because if you Google Nick Land, a lot of what comes up is this recent NRX type thing um, and not really where he began. And I think it lacks a lot of context. I think like saying Nick Land is NRX, Nick Land is the father of accelerationism, like does oversimplify who he is and what accelerationism even is. Because I think a lot of people genuinely just aren't really sure what accelerationism is. And when they see the name Nick Land, they read the Wikipedia page. The Wikipedia page is very scary. And they're like, whoa, 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 keep this away from me. Far, far right. away. Not touching that. And, and the, the thing that drives me nuts is like, I have this liberal friend, or I should say former friend, right? Um, who, who kind of, you know, he canceled me. Um, <laughs> he canceled our, our friendship. Welcome to right? the club. Right. Congratulations. Uh, it Can wasn't get, like, membership 
words. <laughs> it wasn't done on a grand scale or anything, but he doesn't talk to me anymore. But anyway, it's an, he was he kept talking about accelerationists, accelerationists. And I was like, listen, I know that you heard on NPR that there's accelerationists out there doing bad things. And the thing is, that can be partially true. But understand that accelerationism is an entire school of thought. You can have left-wing accelerationism, the original accelerationism, in my opinion. You can have xenofeminist gender accelerationism. You can have anybody who is basically okay with making things worse before they think they get better, quote unquote, is some type of accelerationist. Um, That's not specific to Nick Land. And even in the Nick Land sense, I mean, his accelerationism is what? We're, We're... Nothing human makes it out of the near future. We are hurtling towards this uh, techno-capitalist singularity uh, that I think he sees coming out of China, right? And yeah. he's saying instead of instead of running from it, let's embrace it. Well, in that sense, he's not really different from any of the other transhumanist weirdos. And again, this isn't an endorsement of Nick Land or his thought. I'm just saying it's a little more complicated than the spooky stuff that's going to pop up when you first search this guy. Yeah, well, essentially what accelerationism is, is it's the seeing politics through the lens of time and, you know, thinking about it as getting through something to make something else happen. I feel like it's just a temporal view. Um, I think saying all accelerationism bad is an oversimplification because accelerationism can be so many things. You see it on the left, you see it on the right. Um, And I think a lot of people who would say they're opposed to acceleration actually would agree with it in certain contexts. You know, like even when we're talking about people's interpersonal lives, this may be a weird tangent, but we often see people like when they're on a downward spiral and we kind of just say, oh, we got to let them hit rock bottom so that they can actually make the radical change. That is pretty much accelerationism on a very <laughs> micro AA personal accelerationism. level. AA accelerationism. No, it's a thing. It, isn't it the same concept? We've, we've discovered the third A, Georgina. <laughs> AA well, actually. What's funny is this manifesto, it's pretty funny. It says um, accelerationism is the nihilism of cowards. I laughed at that. I thought that was pretty good. I think sometimes people are accelerationist and a lot of, and there are two ways I think people kind of get to it, either in a like extreme pessimism sense where they're like, the only way I'm ever going to get the goal that I want is through accelerations or in like a cope sense where they're like, oh yeah, this is good actually. It's 5D chess. I find that it's one of the two when you see people actually endorse we win. it. Well, yeah, that's like the QAnon accelerationism uh, <laughs> where every time every time they lose, it's actually part of the, uh, it's just another move in this grander and grander scheme. Uh, it only yeah. appears Trust that the they're plan. losing. Yes, yeah. you just keep plan trusting, which that, <laughs> it's funny because all in theory- time. For the next 93 years, you got to keep plan trusting. Well, it's funny because it's, Outwardly, it sounds like accelerationism, but inwardly, it's actually quite the, it's, it's the most complacent stationary ideology you could have, but that's another story. The, we found the horseshoe between just like apolitical centrism and full-blown accelerationism. We figured somehow, it out. Yeah, somehow we're winning just by staying home and uh, watching Truth Social. Um, okay, so hopefully, hopefully we've gotten over this uh, Nick Land cancellation stuff. Um, hopefully, hopefully you've made your case as reasonably uh, as you can. Um, and then actually, this is the last thing I want, I I would like to say about it is that I've noticed that even though a lot of the social justice discourse, um, and wokeness, whatever you want to call it, political correctness, even though it comes out of academia, it's funny seeing it in its mass produced form, because now it's become this excuse to be as illiterate as possible. Uh, Now, instead of having to think about things or read things or engage with other people, you can just label them as problematic or Nazis or bad or whatever. Someone was actually telling me they were in some work Zoom meeting uh, trust building thing. And, you know, they were asking about 
they're asking each other for their, their favorite books. And this person yeah. said, I, I love Vonnegut. Some of my favorite books are by Vonnegut. Yeah. And they got piled on. The other people were saying, oh, that is problematic because he's militaristic. And it's like, well, that just means you've never actually read any of his books, right? Like, that's just yeah. straight up illiteracy. No one could possibly read Vonnegut and think that that's this not what I took military. from Vonnegut. Right? That's not what I took from it, right? So it's just like, you just didn't do the reading. And now you're going to say, well, I don't have to because it's, it's, it's sub-woke. Um, and that's where it becomes, it's a cliche, but that's where it gets properly Orwellian in my view. But the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is what is witch talk what is going on gen z you're all witches now you're doing magic for real what's going on yeah so i am a zoomer witch talker uh and it has been an experience i'm probably not the ideal person to have on to talk about like the normie witch talk experience because i am normie witch talk i've been polarizing on witch talk for a hot minute now yeah we want Um, the spicy witch talk experience spicy witch talk so witch talk was actually not my first social media platform i started as a podcaster um I did this show called A Cult in the Side of Solid or Magnolias and Magic. We've changed names at various points. Um, and I did commentary originally. The first time I encountered witch talk was actually from like cringing at it. So I've been an occultist for quite some time. A thalamite. I'm really into Crowley, which Crowley, people a lot of opinions on. We can talk about that some other time. I will defend Crowley. So yeah. Well, but now is the time. <laughs> now is the time. Yeah. People what are you going to do? Get more canceled? What do you think? I don't think Crowley? at this point Crowley is like the, my biggest, my biggest affront. No. Um, I like Crowley, even though I do think he like has, is not perfect and has had his, uh, his off moments, but yeah. So witch talk, I saw it as a practitioner and I saw people like making fun of it. Originally I was, people were like seeing these like witch talk videos and everyone be like, Oh, this is so cringe. The witch talk teens are crazy. And so I was like, I saw some of these videos and some of them were just ridiculous. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to join witch talk and try to like fix it from witch talk. Uh, and I, it, it is, it's an interesting phenomenon because basically it, there'd always been like this kind of Tumblr girl witchcraft thing yes. where people who are very kind of Tumblr-y would get really into witchcraft and crystals and stuff. And like witch talk accelerated that super far because in, at the beginning of COVID, witch talk just blew up and it was getting, I think it has billions of views. I know it has more views than hashtag Biden, like hashtag witch talk has more views than hashtag Biden, which Sign don't know how that happens. Sign of the times. Why do you need Biden when you can use crystals, right? Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, witch talk is wild. Uh, it's basically the wild west of occultism. And a lot of older occultists actually have a huge problem with witch talk. And witch talk kind of does its own thing. Witch talk is basically, I think, I have this theory, right? That witch talk has created its own tradition of occultism. I think that it's completely unrelated to a lot of what older occultism does. It has through the social media stuff, literally created its own tradition with customs, lore, philosophy. Like they've created a whole thing basically that I think is separate from things like Wicca or eclectic witchcraft entirely. It's like this this very specific ideological tendency that's emerged that has been interesting to watch. And witch talk, when people talk about it, they mostly like talk about like the zany things that witch talk has done, like hexing the moon, hexing Allah, like that type of stuff, which but it's a whole interesting thing. I found that it's kind of calming down as like people have stopped being inside as much and returned to the real world. But I think basically a bunch of like girls, cause it's mostly young women. Like that's the majority of people on witch talk. I mean, there are like men on witch talk and whatnot, but basically they were stuck inside during COVID and they were stressed out. So they started thinking about religion for the first time. And you know, the place to learn about religion and theology is obviously TikTok. 
So I'd go on TikTok and they're like, you know, this seems cool. Then they start doing magic and some of them took it very seriously. Some of them did it as more of a fun aesthetic thing. But basically, yeah, it's there's like a whole mass rise of people getting into witchcraft and paganism right now. Uh, like a lot of occult bookstores have started being flooded with new people. I know a lot of people have started joining groups and whatnot. And so witch talk has started leaving TikTok and like entering the broader occult sphere in person, which is very interesting to watch. I remember, I wish I could remember the quote. Somewhere Kierkegaard says something to the effect of because industrial society uh, isolates everyone as the world becomes more uh, industrialized and this makes everybody a more atomized individual, but that this is good because it forces them into the spiritual. It forces them to think about these big existential issues. And it's kind of funny because that's a kind of accelerationism, (laughs) is it not? And, it you, is. Know, you know, and so it's sort of like there's this sort of a social media occult accelerationism going on because, like you said, these people were forced inside by COVID and then they're staring at their screen. And ironically, they want an escape from this sort of a technological prison. And so they start thinking about matters of the spirit. And especially this is maybe my problematic take on a lot of the, the neo witchcraft, neo pagan stuff, because I noticed, like you said, it is a lot of women. And I kind of feel like a lot of this stuff is very aesthetic and very, it's very about the interpersonal and about emotions and about all of these sorts of things that it, it, it appeals to a femininity that they see lacking in the rest of the world. Oh yeah. No, I think you're right. I have this whole sort of thought that they, the reason why I because people during hard times historically have always turned to the spiritual that's a that's like a very fundamental human desire right when life is hard you start thinking about the big questions and you get spiritual I think paganism in particular and witchcraft is happening now is because of the technology thing like during COVID we were basically stuck on our computers all the time and had to interact with everyone through zoom we had no in-person connection and we were all like stuck in these like little boxes right and I think that it's interesting that the religion that gets popular during that is paganism which the core of pretty much every pagan ideology across Europe and the West is this like return to nature, ancestor, land reverence. I think that's not a coincidence. I think people were so stuck on the internet. They like, they wanted to get away from it, but the only way they knew how to get away from it was to dive deeper into the internet. So they found a way to escape the internet through the internet and are trying to like have this like return to nature that they don't fully understand going through them. And I think femininity thing is also relevant when it comes to witchcraft because witchcraft does connect to the divine feminine in a lot of ways. And I think that, I think some people get into witchcraft as like this reaction to the mainstream Protestant version of Christianity that really lacks this feminine presence in it. And so they're like, well, I don't feel at place with like Protestantism. So I want to find something else. I want something that connects to the feminine nature. And I want to not be on my computer 24 seven. I want more of an experience. I want to connect to the spirits and all that. And so I think paganism is a pretty logical reaction. I think people are coming to paganism because they are unhappy with the current situation, whether they're fully conscious of that or not. That's my, my little theory though. Maybe that's a little problematic. I don't know. I mean, you'll, you'll get no quarrel from me. What's interesting to me is someone who grew up around some very intense Protestants, we'll put it that way. Um, man, do they hate the Virgin Mary? Man, do they really hate the Virgin Mary? And it's wild to me because the Virgin Mary was so revered throughout most of the history of Christianity in both the Catholic and Orthodox churches, and then even in the early breakaway churches. So like this whole hating on the the Virgin Mary that the Protestants do, that's that's relatively new. And it's it's interesting that um, it's at this stage in Christianity that the the uh, the Protestant anger towards the more or less divine feminine is is so intense. 
Yeah. Well, because if you look at any sort of more Orthodox tradition or Catholic, it, it is a very different vibe. Like, I know if you go to an Orthodox service, they'll call her the Theodicos and they'll really revere Mary. But I mean, most people in the U.S. are Protestant. Um, so I think a lot of these like people have grown up Protestant. They felt detached from that and they like want to find that femininity somewhere. And I mean, the paganism is almost so divine feminine heavy, especially if we're talking about like Wicca and like mainstream paganism. It tends to sometimes do the same issue where it almost like forgets about the divine masculine. And I think a lot of people who feel disconnected from Protestantism for that reason, um, you know, they, they find that connection and it makes sense for them. I was talking with someone the other day about how a lot of the, I was living out in the, in the desert in California for a while, and they built a bunch of new churches there, um, like right before COVID. And they literally built these churches inside of strip malls. Like yeah. they were, their strip malls that closed down and they built um, just churches directly inside. So it's not even like a church that looks like a Walmart. It is a church that was physically a Walmart or a grocery store inside of a strip mall. And the, even the sign that they'll put up, it just looks like, you know, Christianity. It looks like a, um, like a, a business logo. It doesn't look like a church. And it's weird that the, the, the Protestant impulse to just make Christianity as, uh, rational and, uh, modern and completely disconnected from nature, from the body, from the feminine, from all of that. Right. And it, it's interesting because I think that that, that type of Protestantism is exactly what is propelling people into, um, going kind of like making the full circle back and going like, well, we're going to return to paganism. We're going to return to the, the most sensual, the most vital religion we can find. Yeah. Well, if you, there's a really cool book called the myth of disenchantment, which is very good. It's kind of similar to like the prop, the concept of like, is religion dying and why it's not. But if you look at statistics of like, which religions and sects are growing and which are declining, it's really interesting to see that mainline Protestantism is like taking one of the biggest hits. Um, it's like normie Christianity is the one that's lagging. Whereas these more traditional sects are seeing growth, especially amongst young people and alternative religion, like paganism, even like new age type stuff, Eastern spirituality are seeing massive rises. So like young people are kind of either going way outside the Christian paradigm or they're going like kind of hard, more hardcore into it. Whereas these like Mick Christianity churches are actually some of the ones suffering the biggest losses when you look at numbers of attendance, which I find very interesting. I remember there was something in my hometown called Breakaway and it was supposed to be like they were trying their hardest to make Christianity cool. Um, so they would have young youth preachers come and you'd go into this auditorium and you'd, you'd be breaking away from the, the rest of the society and you'd be in this cool, hip happening young people who are going to preach the word to you. But I remember I only went a few times before I realized <laughs> this ain't my religion. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I was like barely in middle school. So I'm like barely post pubescent. And I remember once they got, you got in the auditorium, they locked your ass in there. Even if you said you had to go pee, they were not letting you out. And what these guys would preach was just bonkers. There's this dude. I remember he was kind of tubby dude. And he was preaching that every time you're not reading the Bible, Every time you're not thinking about Jesus and you're not reading the Bible, every time you're out playing with your friends, every time you're out having fun, every time you're out doing something with your family, every time you're doing any normal human thing and not reading the Bible and not repenting, uh, you are literally stepping over the dead body of Christ. You just can't see it. And <laughs> yeah, that is not that? exactly an inviting, encouraging message. It's funny that Protestants will always give the Catholic shit because they'll say, well, you guys don't read 
the Catholics say you don't need to read the Bible, at least they used to. Well, very recently, they're like, okay, fine, you can start reading the Bible. But it used to be, you don't need to read the Bible, you just need to do the, the ritual. Just go do the magic, go smell the incense, take the mass, uh, pray the rosary, and that's it. That's all you have to do. And I can tell you which one is more appealing to me. <laughs> because people why? Crave ritual. I think people <laughs> yeah. really do. Like, I think it's a fundamental, like primal human urge. Like, I think that there is clearly a reason why all these cultures that never interacted, and I'm going to get a little perennialistic for a second. Oh, came we, up lo- with we so love much that around here. Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I have a sense. I have a little bit of a sympathy for it. Um, that all these places around the world came up with ritual and they all look kind of parallel. I always found that fascinating. Um, and I think there's there's a reason for that. I think people crave ritual. I think people start straying from religion when it just loses all mystery and ritual to it. Um, like I, I always tell occultists that you need to like read. I think it's important, but that is definitely not the exciting part about magic, right? That's not why we do it, right? You do that so you know what you're doing. But yeah, I mean, we crave ritual. I think that people would probably in general rather see a beautiful ritual than, you know, only read the Bible and never experience like the mystery of religion. Because also that is something that as a Thelema is a point that we sometimes stress because we have this whole idea of success be thy proof, right? The thing that makes people believe is not being told things or rationality. I don't think I'm actually, I'm very against this idea that facts don't care about your feelings. I think feelings don't care about your facts. Uh, Strong believer of this. Um, What makes people believe in religion and magic is it working and them doing it, not any argument argument is never going to top like personal individual experience so yeah i mean i would think the catholics might have a point on this one though probably people should read the bible i I will i will give the protestants that i mean yeah in in terms of being culturally literate you should read the bible at some point but the fact that that would be the whole of your religious or spiritual life is just sitting there reading the bible repenting and doing other stuff out in the world is somehow inherently sinful the funny thing is even most christians don't believe that right like that was just it was just bonkers right but it was such i guess the overall point that i wanted to make about that experience is that this there's this weird weird type of protestantism where in order to try to stay culturally relevant it has to become as bitter as possible um it has to become it has to become this like uh, extreme force of disenchantment and how do you think people are going to react to that long term i don't think you have to be a genius to see what's going to happen there it's shooting um, itself in the foot it's literally yeah. like being like yeah let's just not make it happen um speaking of which speaking of thelema uh how did you how did you get into that what was your background were you raised religious uh, did you have some weird spiritual experience that set you on this path? How, how did you get into all this weird stuff? Yeah. So my family was Episcopal, uh, where my step family was Mormon. So it was like a weird Episcopal Mormon strangeness growing up. Um, they were like, they were, they were Christian. My family's Christian, but they're like, I don't know. I want to call them like love and light hippie Christians, right? Like they believed in Christianity, but they were really only into the Jesus stuff, not really into the rules, probably why they were Episcopals and not Catholics. But um, so I was very vaguely religious um, and I always was kind of a bit of a contrarian. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I like would read parts of the Bible and then like annoy the youth pastors like crazy asking them questions. I accidentally came up with Gnosticism when I was a kid, actually. I remember I was reading. It was the Great Flood story. That one was fucking with my head. And I remember I was at a church lock in as a kid and I walked up to this pastor, this like youth pastor. And I was like, can we talk? And I think they thought I was going to come out as gay. And they're like, you know, you're valid. I'm like, I'm like. Why do we love God when he genocided humanity? 
And I just got the most startled look in the world. And they were like, wait, no, just be gay. Just be gay. Okay. Don't, don't ask us about the flood story. Could you just be gay? That's easier. (laughs) I think that's what they thought. I was like, why is God genociding everyone? This is problematic. I was kind of like woking. I was canceling God. Uh, I'm not sure if Gnosticism is the original cancel culture because they canceled God or the original cancel (laughs) because they were deemed heretics. I'm not sure which one they are, but they're one of the two. A little, Uh, yeah. I know in Athens, there every year they would have a vote. Whoever got the most votes just gets kicked out of the city, and that was the way to blow off steam. So that was like a, a that was like the first democratic cancel culture. Then there was like all kinds of like human sacrifice rituals, where it was like uh, this is how you get rid of sin for the community. So it was like kind of proto-Christian. And obviously Judaism had the scapegoat, where you're you're you find the goat and you put all the bad in them and you run them out of town. So whatever the the. The canceling yeah. has been going on. There's a long tradition of canceling. And the, the funny yeah. thing is, like a lot of this stuff, a lot of this like uh, spiritual stuff, mythological stuff, we like to think in the modern age that we've overcome yeah, it and that we're all rational now. And we're not. We've just sublated it. We've just put it into other things. Yeah, I think the general, my hot take on ancient people is that we tend to either think that they were complete idiots who knew absolutely nothing and were like, not able to function or they were like ascended master geniuses who are smarter than all of us now and the answer is neither it's somewhere in the middle but anyways after that i started i grew up got a little older and i started thinking and being generally kind of nerdy i i liked philosophy and stuff like that and so i started thinking about all this stuff and i i, I kind of got interested in like the folky witchy stuff first because that's kind of the gateway drug for everyone uh, but it didn't really click with me. It wasn't really what I personally liked. And then I came across some like books on like ceremonial magic and like Western esotericism. And I read them and I was like this, I like this. Uh, and then I started doing the rituals and they worked. And so now I've fallen hard into Thelema and that's been my thing for quite some time now. So you don't have to answer this, but anytime, anytime someone comes on here who travels in the woo, so to speak, uh, I always like to ask them about any paranormal experiences that they've had with magic or otherwise that stand out to them yeah um I had this crazy experience at one point um and this is when I realized like magic was real or I'm schizophrenic one of the two I oscillate back and always be both it can always be both (laughs) but I was I was with these 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 two girls and we saw this like spirit and it was very freaky looking it was like but it was there and I remember looking at them and I was like do you guys see this and they're like yeah. And then we all just sat there the whole night and just like sat, sat in the corner and we're like, what the fuck? And then the next day I looked at them and I was like, am I just schizophrenic? Can I just be schizophrenic? This sounds like the easier option. And then they're like, no, we saw it too. And I'm like, cool. Uh, and then I've, I've done some rituals that have had just very blatant results. Um, like I remember I was do I did a sigil at one point and then the thing just happened the next day. And I see like the number synchronicities, which the number synchronicities can sometimes just throw you into like be careful with the numbers be careful with the numbers yes yes be careful with the numbers the numbers the numbers are good but don't lose yourself in the the number sauce um and so i've just had multiple experiences where i'm like yeah yeah i think it's real um i have to i do hold that bit of doubt maybe i'm just batshit crazy uh but i don't know we'll see i guess (laughs) i want to talk to you about your book what is your book called first of all because i sometimes i forget that so we got to get that loud and clear yeah so i wrote a book called begin with true will um it was for pre-orders. It's no longer for pre-orders, but it will be made. I will make it for pre-orders again. I am going to get it made. So begin with True Will. That's my book that I will get made, whether whether I have to do it myself or not, it's going to happen. No one can stop me. Um, it's a book about Thelema. And what it is, is it's a modern book on Thelema. The whole, the whole premise is basically 
taking Thelema and making it accessible to new practitioners. Cause a lot of books on Thelema are just, they're over people's heads, right? Like I feel like occult books go one of two ways. Either they're very beginner friendly and you can read them and understand it and be like, okay, cool. I get this. Like the Kabbalion is a great example of this, right? Or they're like, you just start reading like a series of numbers and you're like, what the fuck am I looking at? And so I want to do a book that's kind of in the middle, right? So it, it has these beginner concepts in it so that you could pick it up and understand Thelema just from the book, but that it dives a bit deeper. I cover the history of Thelema, the philosophy of Thelema, which I really wanted to get into that because Thelema does have some philosophic tenets. Um, I talk about like rituals and I like give some beginner rituals, um, various types of Thelema, because I've noticed almost all books on Thelema are just about Crowley and Thelema is more than Crowley. There are other Thelemic thinkers and movements. And like, if you interact with the Thelemic community, you're going to notice they're kind of subtypes of people. So I talk about that. I also talk about the holidays because no one talks about the Thelemic holidays. I had to like, look so far to find even a book on Thelema that covered it. I found one that did a uh, mystery of mystery does but it's, it's something that's not covered. So basically I have a chapter on all these topics. I have a chapter on philosophy, a chapter on history, a chapter on holidays, a chapter on rituals, and just like a start to finish book about Thelema. And it's all like, do it yourself, right? Like I make it accessible for people who are solitary or people who, you know, can't learn from a mentor. So it's just kind of like a do it yourself, get into Thelema now and what Thelema looks like in the current day, because I wanted to kind of like bridge that gap. So that's my book. Um, it was originally being published by Wiser, but that's not currently happening, but it's still going to happen. I still will make the book. I, I was going to ask, you know, what is one thing that this book has that other books on the subject doesn't? And I guess one is that it's a canceled book now. It's a, it's yes. a forbidden book. Where it's else the, are you going to get a forbidden Thelema book? It's the book no one wants you to read. It's the book that Twitter <laughs> tells you not to read. Um, so if you, you, you can read it to make Twitter mad. That's, that's why you should read it. That should be my new like tagline. If you believe um, it was in free speech. Yes. My original tagline was living Philema in the modern Aeon. Scratch that. It is now read this book to make a cult Twitter map. Um, it is the literary equivalent of slapping Will Smith back. Yes. Yes. Read the book to make people mad. Um, well, it is canceled. It's very canceled. And I will say it's going to, I'm the original, I'm going to at first try to get other publishers to pick it up. That's my first goal. Um, and if that doesn't happen, I will be self-publishing. So it's happening. But basically another thing that it has, it does talk about solid, like doing Thelema solitarily, which is something that I don't think is covered much when, I, when in reality, the majority of Thelemites are more solitary. Um, it's not like anti-group or anything like that. It just like tells that you can do it with a group or solitary. Um, and it covers uh, multiple types of Thelema. Uh, I noticed most Thelema books are either Crowley, they're just about Jack Parsons' life, or they're Typhonian, and there's no such thing as a beginner Typhonian book. There's one that gets close. There's a Peter Lavenda book called The Dark Lord that's pretty good. That's like the closest thing to a beginner Kenneth Grant book. I try to make Kenneth Grant accessible, which uh, that's a challenge. <laughs> I remember I was writing that chapter. <laughs> that, and I was yeah, like, I don't think he wanted to be accessible. I think he I wanted to like, be the most esoteric uh, dude at the party is what I, what I got from reading Kenneth Grant. Yeah, no, the first time I read Kenneth Grant and I... I still Kenneth Grant some of his stuff I struggle with a little bit. Like first time I read it, I was like, is this just like Cthulhu Thelema? Is this like <laughs> Cthulhu plushy Thelema? Uh, you just have to like be willing to be weird if you want to understand anything Kenneth Grant is saying. Um, that's that's what I've realized. Since we're on the subject of uh, especially weird esoteric stuff, um, what would you say, because I've heard you talk about this before, what would you say the difference between the occultist and the conspiracy theorist is? Ooh. I think they overlap, but there's some hostility there. There's definitely an overlap between occult spaces and conspiracy spaces. I think to deny that is just kind of silly. I have a complicated relationship with conspiracy theorists. 
Um, a lot of conspiracy theorists. Well, I'm there's not, a conspiracy theory about you now, so it's gotten there very is. complicated. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's, I, there have been a few actual conspiracy theories about me and my extent of being on the internet. I've been called a federal agent a few times at various points. I mean, if you haven't been called a fed at some point, right? <laughs> I get yeah. that one all the time. There was this one like communist account with like 10 followers that like was going after me for a while and calling me like a theosophist fed. And I was like, <laughs> what are you on about? I'm not even in theosophy. <laughs> but yeah, now Whoa. of course there's a new conspiracy theory that I'm like some NRX pilled accelerationist who is, I guess, I don't know, radicalizing the witch talk teens. So those, those are the two now, two narratives. But conspiracy theorists, I have a complicated relationship with them because clearly the elites in society do some fucked up shit. I think to deny that is just ridiculous. To deny that like our government is not corrupt is just, it, it's an absurd take. Uh, but my problem with conspiracy theorists generally is that what they do is they take truth and then they like take it so far that it's like just deranged. Um, like with like the pedophile thing, right? like Epstein is exists and we need to call shit like that out. But when you start talking about like all the craziness that QAnon goes on about, right? Like it, it, it loses yeah. it. And it, when it does, I feel like it stabs the core issue in the foot from being exactly. resolved. Right. Cause like, we need to have a conversation about like pedophilia in certain sex. Like that's a problem. Epstein, like so many celebrities with Epstein, that's atrocious. Um, and some of those people need to go to jail. Right. But I think when you start getting into QAnon territory, it's just, it, it loses any value that the conversation could have had. And it just goes like full schizo mode. Um, so conspiracy theorists, some conspiracy theories, I don't really have a problem with other ones. They just, they lose me. Um, I think the overlap between conspiracy theorists and the occult, because the occult is basically the study of like hidden information. It's the woo stuff. It's doing the rituals. It's looking into like hermeticism, Gnosticism, witchcraft, all the woo and engaging with it. The overlap is that both talk about woo here and there, right? Like there's a lot of conspiracy theories about the occult and conspiracy theorists have a problem with occultists for the reason that they think we're like Masonic shills and plots. And I was going to say, there's a lot of conspiracy theories that specifically are about Crowley somehow organized, you know, Crowley somehow, uh, Whatever's related to the Bush family. The Bush, <laughs> the Bush thing. Is a secret I can actually explain the Bush take. So the Bush thing, the whole idea that Crowley is part of the Bush family is basically a journalist wrote a April Fool's article that Crowley is the grandfather of one of the Bush women. And it was an April Fool's piece. And the journalist said that, but people took it completely seriously. They're, my favorite conspiracy about Crowley, I actually have a copy of the book about it. Um, I bought the book because it's hilarious to me. It's that Crowley did 9-11. Uh, Crowley died in the 1940s, but the reason why he did 9-11 is because if you look at the numbers in Crowley's books, the numbers are similar to the flight numbers. Are they, are they similar or are they the same? <laughs> well, it's a 400-page book. Uh, I have not finished it. I pick it up whenever I'm sad, and it's the most like deranged thing I've ever read. Well, so Crowley, <laughs> This is a great example of why you don't get too into the angel numbers, right? Don't get too into the numbers or you start yeah. writing about how Crowley <laughs> is actually alive and caused 9-11 through his uh, rituals. Yes. Th then you get a little, little out there. But Crowley was basically a troll. Like, I feel like you can't understand Crowley without admitting that he's a troll. Um, because Crowley's stuff was just blatantly trolling. Like, he told this one reporter that he, like, eats children. And what he meant, or no, it was that he kills babies. What he meant is that he ejaculates without impregnating someone. That's what that joke was. But yeah. of course, you know, people ran with that. And so Crowley liked to bait people. Crowley, I don't know if Crowley would be hated by Twitter or banned from Twitter if he was alive. One of the two. Um, and so people, since Crowley He'd was He'd be post and hole. Let's be real. He'd be post and hole every day. Oh my God. <laughs> probably, probably. I, I don't know if I would, I would be mutual with him or unfollow him at a certain point. 
But yeah, like he was just, a, he was like a troll and he loved the edgy image, right? Crowley reveled in people's conspiracies about him. He had fun with it. Like people would, he would get called a Satanist and he'd just be like, LMAO, yes. Basically, you know the yes, Wojak reaction image? Yeah. No, he was, That's yeah. basically what Crowley did to every criticism of him, right? And so there's so many conspiracies about him. So conspiracy theorists tend to immediately be suspect of me just because I'm pro Crowley. And I have a painting of Crowley in my bathroom, actually, which does terrify every guest in my apartment ever. But like, I, I have, I have, I have a lot of feelings about the guy. And so conspiracy theorists and occult, basically we talk about similar subject matter, but we tend to have kind of a dislike relationship I've noticed. Um, though there is some overlap. There are occultist conspiracy theorists and whatnot. So it's a complicated community overlap because there's clearly like mutual ground, but it's approached in such a different way that it's like a weird tension. Yeah, I just I see I've seen Crowley get factored into all these different conspiracy theories. And it's funny to me because I see Crowley as sort of like a British romantic poet and kind of like a you know a, a, a type of Byronic hero, this guy who kind of just wants to stick his dick in everything. <laughs> so, Pretty much. You know, and ha- has this kind of uh whatever you want to call it, this paradise lost kind of guy. Um and it's funny because, like you said, he clearly revels in the attention. He clearly revels in the shit posting. And to this day, like people are factoring the trolling <laughs> into their their personal Rico cases, as I like to say. Oh, yeah. I think Crowley, like I had this conversation with someone once. They're like, how do you think Crowley would feel about like a lot of horror movies have named their demons Crowley? And I'm like, no, he would love that. I think that makes Crowley happy. I think he's like, like rolling in his grave and being like, yes, do it more. Yeah. Well, and then this this brings me to the last thing I wanted to ask you about, where it seems like a lot of Thelema is about being transgressive. There's like a, a kind of Tantra to it, because um, we were talking about Kenneth Grant a little bit earlier. There's kind of a Western Tantra where he's taking images from Revelations and he's taking stuff that's you know Luciferian or Satanic or whatever, but it's meant to have, breaking the taboo is meant to have some kind of spiritual power. But now, you know, decades after rock and roll and decades after all the satanic panic stuff and decades of secularization does the devil or does the dark side or does or, or does this stuff or do these taboos really even exist anymore is there still power in breaking them what's a potential thelemite to do yeah so i think there is magical power in breaking taboos but i think the taboos of today are not the taboos of the early 1900s they're just not um, I think ta- breaking taboo and transgression is very spiritually potent, but I think we need to remember that our taboos are not the same as their taboos. I think Crowley is actually best conceptualized as someone who's ahead of his time, but behind current times, because Crowley now is really not that shocking. There's actually a TV show about Thelema made called Strange Angel, and they actually, they, they, they depict the Gnostic Mass, which is a Thelemic ritual, and they had to like edge it up because it wasn't shocking by modern standards, because it was mm-hmm. on its own, not jarring enough. So they had to add all this stuff to make it even more jarring. And I will admit, very cool sequence. Um, but, you know, Thelema is really not as edgy as it was back then. Um, if anything, you could argue Thelema is kind of behind current day. Um, I know, like, a lot of people have really critiqued Thelema as, like, problematic. Um, some of those critiques have weight. Some of them, I think, are bullshit. So Thelema is in an interesting spot right now. And I think if you want to be a Thelemite, you should transgress. You should be a bit of a heretic as that's sort of in our spirit. I mean, Libra Oz um, says in it, you know, man has a right to think what he will, do what he will, all these things. Um, but I think you need to transgress in different ways because I think like LARPing as Alistair Crowley is really not that transgressive nowadays. Um, I think it's a different transgression we need to approach. 
um, to know what is to transgress because taboos are fluctuating and taboos are culturally relative. They're not all the same throughout all time. I mean, some things I think will always be taboo, but not all the taboos are the same. And it's certainly not what it was when Thelema began. Uh, I think one of, and we were talking about this in private. I think one of the interesting things about Thelema is that a lot of Thelema gets stuck on replicating Crowley instead of following the individual's true will or like making it individualized because Thelema is kind of an individualistic philosophy, right? And so I think people get lost in trying to be Crowley and forget the whole, the whole point is to like find your true will. And I think that's a recurrent problem in Tholema because I think if you're doing someone else's will, like LARPing is Crowley, you're actually missing the entire point of the entire system. I have an idea for a TikTok you should do. Okay. This is yes. going to be your epic comeback. You should, you should put the Joker makeup on <laughs> and then get real close and say, wear a pentagram and nobody cares. Make one joke about Nick Land, and everybody loses their mind. Yeah. Oh, I it, certainly that would work. Uh, Nick Land gets people a little bit more opinionated than wearing a pentagram. You That's can say true. whatever you want about the devil. You can't make a fucking joke about some messed out British dude. Um, okay, Georgina, thank yeah. you so much for coming on. Um, hope things get better for you. Thank uh, you. Where? where can people find you? Anyone you want to give a shout out to, including yourself? Yes. Uh, you can find me a lot of places. I'm on a lot of platforms. I'm on, by the time this comes out, I don't know if I'll still be on hiatus. I might still be on hiatus. I don't know. Currently I'm on hiatus. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, and telegram. That's pretty much where you can find me. I have a Twitch. I have, I don't know when I'm going to get back into streaming. Eventually I will. I also do do a podcast. Um, but I'm planning a complete rebrand, including a name change. So I guess stay posted for that. My podcast is basically becoming a new podcast. So <laughs> I'm in a very weird time to plug myself because I'm in such a liminal space right now. But Dot Darling, D-A-T, like the Sephora, Georgina Rose, I'll be coming back. This is my the beginning of my return arc. Um, so yeah, I feel like Wait. if I plug anyone else right now, I am just going <laughs> to, like, you know what I was crazy? Yeah, I feel like I actually I there was a friend of mine just released one of their books and I was like, oh, I should tweet about it. And I'm like, wait, maybe not. Maybe that would not help them. <laughs> it's not <laughs> like the investment. They'll not like the get like the cancel herpes. And so yeah. if you've been my friend recently, kudos to you. I'm not gonna name <laughs> you because I don't want you to get dragged, but just know you're you're uwu valid or something. I don't know. Excellent. And before you go, I'm just going to send this to you in the chat real quick. I have everyone read this uh, before they leave. So if you could just read that out loud for everybody. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Should I do it? Yeah. No, everyone read, everyone who comes on reads this. It's not weird. Don't worry about it. My name is Georgina Rose. <laughs> oh, this is going to, you want what's going to happen if I read this? Twitter is going to make like a clip out of it. No, uh, no, no. Everybody reads this. It's not a big deal. <laughs> my name is Georgina Rose. And I'm screenshotting that you told me to say this so that the feds don't come to me. You know, people on my Twitter replies have been tagging at FBI. My name is Virginia Rose and I willingly and knowingly organized, orchestrated and perpetuated the January 6, 2021 insurrection at the US Capitol, even though I wasn't even in that state at the time. I cannot believe you would just admit to that, but I feel like it's going to bring so much closer to our country. You know what I mean? Now we know who is behind it. Once it's again, true. I mean, if you check my replies, you'll notice people are pinging the FBI. So maybe they should uh, open up. Maybe I could get a friend. You know, make friends with the feds. Once again, once again, the Thelemites are attacking America. <laughs> it's our, it's our vibe. You know, do what thou wilt, uh, unless you're the, the American government. <laughs> <laughs>
to do it, that will should be the whole of the vibe. <laughs> yes. Please don't quit that. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> we won't, we won't, we won't. All right. Thank you very much. For-